Hola, hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of A3 One Comadres, where, where nothing's, nothing's off the table, table cuando estás entre comadres. I'm Sam. And I'm Frenchie. This episode of A31 Comadres is brought to you by our good friends over at A Plus Plumbing. A Plus Plumbing is a family-owned and operated business. Anthony has over 20 years experience and he offers free estimates. And that's a big one, right? Have you ever been afraid to call the plumber, Frenchie? All the time. It, like you just don't want that huge bill that's gonna nope. come along with it. Nope. So you just let the faucet sink in or whatever, Ooh. keep leaking away or whatever. No, no, no. You gotta hit up our homie Anthony over at A Plus Plumbing. He services the Salinas, Monterey, and Santa Cruz areas. You can go ahead and give him a call at eight three one. 402-5401. And not only that, though, he only gives gives discounts, too, to veterans and seniors. Yes. Not only does he provide excellent service for all of your pipe jobs, but he will also <laughs> give you a discount for seniors and veterans. And with that, let us get into this episode of 831 Comadres. This week's episode of 831 Comadres, we are very, very happy to have um, Irene and Maria of the Campesinex Womb Care Project um, as our guests today. Say hello, ladies. Hello. Hi, <laughs> and did you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? We'll let you guys duke it out for who goes first. <laughs> I'll go first. This is Maria Ramos Bracamontes, and I grew up here in Santa Cruz, California. I was born in Jalisco, and I grew up going back and forth. I do come from a family of farm workers. And I currently work in Watsonville at Salud para la Gente with um, Campesina from, um, I think the majority are from Oaxaca. Um, awesome. Anyway, this is in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what, what part of Jalisco are you from? Se llama Ayotitlan. Okay. How far yeah. away are you from like Guadalajara? It is like 45 minutes. Oh, not oh that far okay, away. so it's close. Yeah. My family's from Michoacan, and if you listen to the podcast, I say Girl, it all the time. It's about them right now. <laughs> hold, on, um, hold on. But no, I'm saying Jalisco are our neighbors, and no, we yeah. always fly into Guadalajara because that's the closest, like, you know, big airport there. And then, you know, we travel about an hour and 45 minutes, two hours, depending on traffic, into Samora, Michoacan. So. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are neighbors. Yeah, exactly. You're my neighbor. We bring good guitars, and you have great tequila <laughs> yes. and Irene. Okay. yeah i can go next my name is irene juarez o'connell i'm chicana uh, originally from los angeles but i've been in santa cruz county for close to 12 years now oh, okay. i am a visual artist muralist youth advocate community organizer um and i've been working and um well maria is my comadre first of all awesome hey. yes <laughs> her, her, her two and a half year old is my achado and um just been really blessed and honored to to know and work with maria and um really the vision uh for the campesina care project um was born in her heart and i felt so moved and um also you know been organizing in the community uh you know, enough to see, like, just the great disparity between um, the wealth divide in Santa Cruz and in South County and Watsonville. And yeah. um, 
my roots come from Oaxaca, and I feel very called to um, work with Las Mujeres. Uh, I also have roots from Tampico, Tamaulipas, um, La Sonora um, area, and out, out. I- <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm uh, Mexican Irish, and I feel like liberation and, and freedom fighting is in my blood. <laughs> and yes, yeah, just feel really honored and blessed to be doing doing this work. Well, thank you so much for being on, you know, uh, on with us today where we're so excited to have um, both of you ladies on just because of the amazing work that you guys do. And I love that, you know, um, that you guys are like local girls, right? Like I know that you said that you came from Los Angeles. I actually went to school in LA, um, but being here for 12 years, we claim you now. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're gonna be doing this type of work because um, you know, the community needs to be um, centered in in the work that, the type of work that you're talking about that, that you do and, it, and it, the community really needs to be near and dear to your heart. So if you love exactly. us like that, then we mm-hmm. completely accept you and claim you as our own. <laughs> um but yeah so like as you were saying like this um project like tell us a little bit about first and foremost what the project is and then how it got started you know i'll just share one uh last thing about irene and i um for the past several years i've also been teaching cerrada de cadera uh feeling ceremony which is all about, you know, healing the womb. And um, Irene has been my primary assistant at all of them. So I find it very natural to be working together, but also being um, real life comadres, you know, which is the name of your podcast, is mm-hmm. just makes it even more special and even more uh, powerful. And, and it makes it a lot easier to, you know, we flow. Um, and that's so important. Thank you so much for recognizing and honoring that. I also do feel like, you know, when you said that you were comadres, I'm like, yay, get a little, <laughs> you know, my, my heart smiles because I feel like, you know, the universe is never wrong. And I feel like things are very serendipitous. And I'm a mm-hmm. ve- very firm believer that, you know, um, we're always exactly where we're meant to be. Yeah. Like things always happen for a reason. Yeah. And when I see or, you know, recognize these like, you know, um, kind of not coincidences because they're not coincidence they're meant to no, be meant but to just be. Yep. being tuned in to the moment and recognizing you know those little signs right and it makes me again it makes my heart smile because it's like yay this we're doing it like this is this is where <laughs> we're supposed to be and these are the mujeres that we should be speaking to because these are you your voices are the ones that we want to elevate and the work that you guys are doing this beautiful beautiful work um and as we're hearing now that you know is is kind of it seems like the central kind of idea around this is to heal um womb carrying pe- persons right Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I love that. So for for those people who don't know, what is the Campesina Womb Care Project? How would you describe it? What is it about? So it's exactly about um, being able to connect to Indigenous women in a more holistic way, in a more traditional and natural way. Um, like I was sharing earlier, I work as a nurse midwife and women's health nurse practitioner in Guatemala, Salud para la Gente. And um, 
you know, just to briefly share, it took me a very long time to complete my education um, in this field of healthcare. And um, I just started working at Salud Para La Gente about almost 10 months. Um, and then I got pregnant like a few weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. Yes, you, and, congratulations on that. And my dream was always to come home and work with my community. I grew up here in Santa Cruz, but, you know, we're like around 30% Latinx people mm-hmm. here. And there was, uh, I did do some clinical rotations at Salud, so I knew um, how special and uh, incredible the, the campesinas are. And... Um, I just couldn't wait to have the honor to work with them. And quickly, I, uh, well, since day one, I have been so aware of all the the needs, you know, unmet needs of the women, also all the injustices and all the legal issues, like all all the problems that Andesina face, especially when they don't even speak Spanish. Um, I would say at least half or more do not even speak Spanish. So I work with a translator very often, and most of them speak Misteco. Sometimes they speak Zapoteco or Triqui or other languages. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, I just really feel like there was so much missing in the care that we provide in clinic, in the clinic setting or, you know, public health or just... And I also... We- think that there's like a huge um disconnect between um these campesina women who come here and her are obviously like deeply rooted in like tradition because they speak their own they still you know are um have you know the privilege of speaking their own indigenous languages right like you know so so you could tell that the um they're still rooted, you know what I mean? In in the very like indigenous and traditional ways and practices of life. So a lot yeah. of the times when they come here to the United States, Western medicine is very, very different for them. And mm-hmm. a lot of times can be extremely scary to navigate, right? Um, yeah. That's exactly um, what was going on. Most of them have also given birth at home with midwives. Mm. Um, and I mean, most of them were also born at home. So all of a sudden, finding themselves finding themselves here in another country, and all you know, majority white providers, white institutions, and all these like legal documentation and all these laws. Um, so it was funny because um, right very often um, they didn't think I was like the provider. <laughs> They're like, wait. Are you going to go call the doctor? Or are you going to go? <laughs> so I look, yeah, I'm not from Oaxaca, but I definitely um, are, you know, Mexican. Um, and I love um, to wear, you know, Mexican clothes um, to work, to just show, you know, appreciation for our culture and for the mujeres. And so I, since I started working there, I found myself wishing so much that I could, because I um, have have moved around. I have different locations that I work at, so I don't have like a one office. So in my bag, I start oh, carrying sweet. little things, like little bags of pads, um, or if someone has like severe anemia, I know they couldn't afford um, 
medication I would like to bring, um, iron, a jar, uh, but you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, I have to, like, you do those things under the table, basically, or like under, yeah. like you get, I, yeah, exactly. and I could yeah. get in trouble. But, like, I was just like so feeling like I needed to do something about it. So, when this um, coronavirus pandemic began, um, and I realized how unprotected indigenous um, farm workers are, and I was noticing, you know, they would come to work and just be so depressed and so ill and when I found out that we were going to get stimulus checks I was like how fair is that us with like incomes and I still work I wasn't able to do shelter in place I had to work um us with incomes get money you know and they don't get anything so that was kind of where this idea to use that money to provide a menstrual pad um so one of the things that I would see a lot in clinic was um, heavy bleeding mm-hmm. um, and anemia and, um, you know, womb, a lot of womb issues due to the poor care or lack of care that they have received. Um, and so, yeah, for me, uh, at a personal level, that's what inspired me. Also, you know, Eden and I have been working with herbs and making um, womb salves and tea blends. Oh, um, awesome. And it felt so good to uh, put a whole kit together. And then it's even been more amazing to have, you know, two artists on the team. Actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you guys oh. contribute in very different ways, right? Your art form, art forms are both very different. Yeah. But complementary yeah. to one another, um, it seems like, or at least everything that I see on social media where I stalk you both. <laughs> um it seems like you know like again like the the talents that you each have are complementary to one another um I love that you were talking about you know like making teas and things like that that are that are um womb care teas and um you know feminine care because a a dear friend of of both Frenchie and and I's um Eva of Santa Santa Botanicals and the vegan donuts fame and all her side hustle. She's also a doula and um, a (laughs) midwife's assistant. And yeah, she has a whole bunch of different hustles, but she is always on us about like, Hey, when it's your cycle, drink this tea. And like, you know, these are the things that are important for your womb and um, within our grow girl group there are a couple people who are you know trying to maybe get pregnant and so you know she's always you know giving us we we go to her she's our local like curandera right Um, so I love that there are other women who are passing along this knowledge because again if we um, think about it um, from um, a traditional standpoint that's the way traditionally that all the ancient you know cultures mesoamerican cultures for the most part um practice knowledge share right it was um mouth to mouth it was through the spoken word that we um you know passed and, and shared knowledge um so i love that that that's part of you know what you you guys are doing with the womb care so project present, is yeah um is giving women knowledge of how to care for themselves, right? Um, in a more holistic way, um, which I'm sure makes them feel more comfortable because that's um, 
more of what they're used to. Like you said, people who come from, um, you know, being birthed at home and, and traditionally leaning more towards having home births and things of that nature. Um, again, it can be very scary and confusing and convoluting to come into this new country and then all of a sudden you have doctors and gizmos and gadgets and things like like, what the heck is going on what's all this we needed hot water and like (laughs) you know towels right isn't that what they say in the movies (laughs) um so this when did i officially did all this start because i'm barely you know i when i saw your guys's page and sam told me about you i was like shoot let me get on board and see what you guys are about so when did everything start for you like the beginning of the year or like last year or how long ago have you guys been doing this? Like how long has it been lasting even after and before COVID and helping out the campesinas out? Okay. I, I can see. Um, like for me, it, it, it was always my, my vision to work with our comunidad campesina mm-hmm. or service workers or anyone, um, I have been offering um, doula care for since 2011. Um, awesome. A lot of, um, you know, primarily here in in Santa Cruz, um, through word of mouth, but sometimes in Watsonville too. Okay. And I called to work with our mujeres, is like, you know, like as if they were my aunts and sisters and friends, um, because I'm fully aware of all the uh, the ways we get treated completely different in, especially in medical mm-hmm. work or, you know, yes. with, a, with everywhere really. Um, so I've always been very clear and passionate that this is a community I want to work with. And, um, and then um, I didn't really have a way to work with specifically campesinas until I began working at the Luz la Gente as a midwife and nurse practitioner. Um, they are all who I work with, like, 99.9% and it's so amazing um, to have that um, opportunity but this the womb care project I feel like it was it was just, just like another phase of our work together since we have been doing a lot of womb um, care you know like doing sealing ceremonies to every offering it to anyone who needs one friends um, you know people who just gave birth and offering workshops and other platicas about womb care and in birth. Um, and so also make making medicines. I think we also just do that. And so we're putting it all, it's all coming together really on its own. And what really triggered this beginning of this specific project was the um, COVID-19 pandemic, mm-hmm. how shining the light on, you know, all the, and essential workers who are not being taken care of and and our undocumented relatives who um, yeah really have always been you know invisible and uh, have not had enough their needs met up yeah and, I think that COVID really sh- was able to shine um you know a, a really bright light on you know the yeah. the 
COVID the, sucks, to be it, honest with you. Let's be no, real. <laughs> yeah, but also just in looking at the numbers and how Latinos are disproportionately affected by COVID. So it really shines a light on like a lot of the like um, systemic ways that like, you know, like oppression plays up like a big role into why it is. Mm-hmm. Like that COVID affects uh, the Latino population more so, you know, in larger mm-hmm. um, in disproportionately larger numbers to our population sizes. Right. Um, so, yeah. So when we stop and like look at like, why is it that Latinos are, are you know, um, getting COVID more so than than, uh, you know, other ethnic demographics like and we look at things and it's like, you know, um, the living conditions, especially here in like Monterey County and I know in Santa Cruz County, like, you know, the cost of living is astronomically high. So, um, you know, overcrowded is, you know, something that that happens a lot. Right. So it's very difficult mm-hmm. to social distance when, you know, you live in, in overcrowded conditions and things like that, like the necessity to have to work because you can't depend on any government aid or assistance like you were speaking to um you know like we get the stimulus check yeah but our essential workers and undocumented you yeah, know like folks- unfortunately with my dad he doesn't get it because again he's not a u.s citizen and he's been here for over 30 years yeah so and it's it just- sucks you know he's a hard-working man just like everyone else and then he pays his taxes yeah and yet he didn't get one why because he doesn't have a piece of paper saying that he's from here Yep. And that's which is BS. But so hey, much so what happens with our, you know, our campesino, you know, los trabajadores del, del you know, del campo is that mm-hmm. a lot, you know, a lot of them are undocumented. And so they don't receive, you know, those checks. So you were saying that you use what Your stimulus check, what we like to refer <laughs> to as Trump change. Hey. <laughs> um <laughs> to and that that was that like the startup kind of capital that you used in order to to get this this like project the packet, off the yeah. ground just, just the very first thought though i guess you know thinking back um it's kind of something that i have been uh, able to do like for example when a couple of years ago, um, there was a Zapatista, uh, de Mujeres Zapatistas. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm super called to that to that movement, to the Mujeres specifically, and um, I was able to, to go and just, just gathering my friends, getting together, making a bunch of, you know, little remedies. Um, it, it's kind of been a little tradition to create medicines for, for women. Also, I, I was able to send a bunch of Wombs out to Hawaii when the the midwives were fighting. Um, mm, I did, yeah, okay. For, for the and so there's naturally just like, oh yeah, this is the time. You know, I have this money. Let's make a bunch of medicine. Let's ask for um, pad donations because that was one thing. Every day at work, I was like, dang, I wish I had bags and bags of pads to give to every woman who comes in with heavy bleeding. They bleed for like two and a half mm. weeks. And a lot of them um, are, uh, yeah, it's, you know, can't even afford a medication. <laughs> like, pad is... Uh, what What do you, uh, like, I'm sorry to cut you off, but, like, for, from a healthcare standpoint, what do you attribute that to? Like, is that... I was just going to get into that uh, because it would be, like, another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I My first thing, just from a lot of the research that I've been doing and stuff like that, is I would assume that, like, the change in diet 
has a huge bearing yeah. on does, yeah. um a woman's cycle and the um access or lack thereof to um you know, the the diet that maybe you had previous to coming to this country and you know what I mean? And also the the way in which we like, you know, we drink homogenized milk. That's not necessarily so, you know, in Mexico agarras leche recién ordenada de la vaca fresquecita. You know what I mean? It's just it's a totally different lifestyle. It's fresh eggs and you know, and things like that. So that would be my first um my first thought that it would be, you know, a radical change in diet. Um, kind of leads to these types of symptoms. Am I right in that assumption? Or? You're, you're definitely right because diet affects every part of the body, every system, every cell. And you know, I this is one thing that I wish we, I am not an academic and I'm not into research, but this is one thing I would love to research. What is causing heavy bleeding in indigenous women? I have other indigenous women friends from other communities, even like up um, in Northern California, some just local native um, indigenous women that I've met through the workshop I've um, facilitated say that they notice heavy bleeding in indigenous women too. And one of them, it has to do with the um, history of sterilization of indigenous women because mm. a lot of, you know, like for example, we have a friend who is uh, Argentinian and she shared with me about um, using the paragard, paragard, the copper IUD. Yes. They're like uh, indigenous, the Mapuche women. You know, those IUDs last up to 12 years, but they have so many symptoms such as very heavy bleeding. And um, here locally with a campesina, we, ha- and, you know, like, have you guys seen that uh, documentary called Nomás Bebe? Bebe? Yeah. I heard about uh, it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, they were doing a lot of um, hysterectomies, removing the uterus without consent. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like I saw that. Was this or, um, the one that was related to the the women that they specifically did that to in Puerto Rico? Oh, they, I don't think something to, similar. They're all over the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had heard that very recently too and it was just in a platica where someone was talking about like the like latinos and having distrust of the medical system and they're like well why do you think like you know there's we can point to like so many different things where they've used latinos as guinea pigs and so like that was one specific thing that they brought up but yeah yeah and um there is actually i recently read an article i don't remember through who but they were talking about even with prop 187 um you know how they 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 view Latino children as you know like like Latina women have too many children basically and you know it's like all these punishments for having so many children or they see us as just having so many children irresponsibly um, and so they're um, at I think you know I and I work at a federally qualified. Uh, federally qualified health care centers. So, and I don't even know that much about the specifics, but we definitely offer a lot of birth control. And mm-hmm. um, it's very popular to offer um, the uh, bilateral tubal ligation. And so a lot of our, um, you know, what especially... What does that mean for someone like in, in layman's terms for someone? Like it was the most simple yeah. definition of it. <laughs> I, 
there's so many variations of what they actually do. And I'm not a surgeon and I've never witnessed one, but they usually just um, cauterize the tubes, right? Mm. Like both in, um, some, maybe they hide them sometimes. Um, but a lot of mujeres, you know, because it's so different having many kids here in the U.S. versus yeah. in Mexico. A lot of them are like, oh my God, like, I just don't want to have uh, more children. And all the birth control, all the hormonal birth control methods have so many side effects. And that's all we really offer there. Um, so a lot of them accept a, you know, sterilization. But I don't feel like they get very good education in what all the side effects and risks are. Okay. One of, and, you know, and, every, and everyone will say something different. But from just working at the booth for nine, ten months, hearing all the women, um, I would say over half, if not more, of the women who've had these surgeries have severely heavy bleed, like very heavy mm-hmm. bleeding. Um, so I think that's the most common cause. Also, like you were talking about the diet, um, I would say also like stress. Yeah, the stress of their the work, right? And the conditions are, Maria was telling me that, you know, sometimes if um, there's not enough breaks to use the restroom or, yeah. uh, you know, just take breaks. Um, and on top of all that, the pesticide exposure. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another big one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think just one last thing, across indigenous, you know, cultures, I think uh, womb bleeding is another way of grieving, maybe colonization, being raped, all things that indigenous women have been through, continue to go through every day. And with um, the women here in Watsonville, um, yeah, sometimes they just, I see them, they just got here last week. Um, so what you were talking about, the women being so connected to their land, to their culture, to their traditional ways, and coming here is like they they grieve <laughs> their oh, whole time. So it felt providing womb care just felt just like a very um, loving way to, or a, a way to show love and mm-hmm. you know their sacred sacred wombs who have. You know, they've survived um, and they're so strong regardless of how you know sick they may be from the change in food and and all the pesticides yeah that's beautiful because like my grandma was a campesina herself and she followed wherever she needed to go she was la lechuga and la mostaza the strawberries everything and at the end she was pregnant with my aunt who is my mom's younger sister and it was hard for her, like, you know, always on her knees, bending over, you know, carrying like a baby. And then that is just she would always talk about it. And at the end, when she was all done, me grandma, she was um, era juravadita. like she had like a bump on her back because of all of all the strength and just the straining and everything. And it was so hard for her. But she loved working and she couldn't do anything else because, again, she just was going back and forth from Mexico following the you know, everything else. And then when I hear what you ladies are doing, helping like la gente, la raza and everything, it's just, it's so beautiful. I wish my grandma, I wish the people back then, I wish we were, they were more informed or knew someone's there to help them, you know? So what you ladies are doing is beautiful. It's beyond amazing. 
So it, it's it's just great to hear something like that, you know. And it's I love the fact that you guys take such a holistic approach to them and in, like in honoring the tradition and you know um and the, the kind of the traditional ways of caring for wounds, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you're talking about like grieving, um, I was I was told recently that as as women we carry a lot of um our trauma in our yeah. uterus, correct? Um, yes. because it, um, trauma is held in deep muscle tissue and that's where women have like very deep muscle tissue. Right. So as women, we hold a lot of our, um, our trauma in, in our uterus. And so, um, to say, you know, to tie it in like that and to say that we grieve and that like, you know, a heavy flow, um, is, is can be tied into like the the grief that someone is experience at that experiencing at that moment um that really speaks to me and and that makes sense to me in my mind right and in the world right now where so many things just don't add up like that's something <laughs> that like very easily yeah. like you know you can connect the dots on that um and again that just makes sense to me but i love the fact that um you guys take such a holistic approach to it. Again, um, I was noticing in um, your um, list of like items that you'll take um, for donation, like it's like chemical free menstrual pads, like cloth pads, um, cloth diapers, baby clothes, bandanas, masks. Um, you guys also receive like we'll take in cash donations um, and you purchased every, you uh, with the ca- the cash donations that you get, you guys purchase other things that are, you know, chemical free, good for the body, mm-hmm. and you also create uh, medicine with that. Am I correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, again, for people who don't know, what are the types of medicines that you guys make? Like, can you can you talk to us? Like, I know you mentioned the teas. Um, you guys also do healing pomadas, correct? Yes. So, um. The pomadas that were in the last round or last few rounds were designed specifically to alleviate um, inflammation in the body. So thinking about, you know, the, the soreness, the back aches. Um, mm-hmm. So we uh, made a uh, pomada that had arnica, it had calendula, mm-hmm. it had comfrey, um, romero, rosemary, and eucalyptus. So it kind of had like an icy heat um, kind of feel. Um, we also added some extra magical hierbitas uh, to, to support in the healing. And um, yeah, it, we made probably about 50. The first the first round of kits, we made 60 bags. Wow. And yeah, those were all hand stamped. We managed, <laughs> you know, really it began... Um, through an Instagram post, you know, um, just asking for donations of pads of um, really was kind of open, like hygiene, masks, um, mm-hmm. thinking about the, you know, soap, people needing to be washing hands. Mm-hmm. So that was our original call. Um, and it was sweet because our first distribution ended up being on May 8th, which was Mother's Day. Oh, so that was our first. Um, and we, yeah, did get some cash donations and we were able to put $20 in every single bag, um, oh, along so with cool. a little note that said, Pumatriz es Sagrada. Um, oh, so I yeah, such a sweet, um, care package bundle to, to put together. 
And yeah, we've been keeping it going. Uh, now we're developing specific formulas for each of the bags. So like, okay. um, you know, the, the bags have been for general womb health, general care, kind of been, um, the herbs have been sort of uh, just general. Yeah, um, female but now, health, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tonic. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that we're um, adding the pregnancy bags, we're going to be making uh, salves or pomadas that are pregnancy safe and, and supportive. And then we're going to be adding postpartum bags Oh, with, that's uh, so good. Different uh, that supports in postpartum health. Oh, that's beautiful. That oh, girl, I'm gonna hit you up to when the day I get pregnant or after I'm pregnant, I'll be like, um, can I get one of those, please? <laughs> Who? I, question: Who's who's eligible to receive one of these bags? Is it specifically for like indigenous campesina women in the area? That's a really good question. When we started, we weren't really sure how or where we were going to distribute this these mm-hmm. care bags. Um, you know, we we also want to support the mujeres here in Santa Cruz. And both Irene and I are very connected to the Beach Fest community, which is the main, well, there's many little communities of Latinx people. Um <laughs> It work works. being done all around. I love to hear it. <laughs> and it, it was so exciting to know. And I and the Center for Farm Worker Families, um, it, it, it's a place that I have been curious about but have never connected with. But Irene, you the director, and I'll let you share our mm-hmm. collaboration. Yeah, so um, the Center for Farm Worker Families is run by Dr. Ann Lopez, who um, for a long time has been advocating um, for farm workers and they were starting up a monthly distribution. So every second Friday of the month, um, they had just gotten it started. And I sat on a panel with Dr. Ann uh, in January, I think, or in December, pre-COVID, in the before time. <laughs> and that- you know, as we were looking for like how to make the distribution happen, especially considering the the limitations of COVID, um, I connected with her and she let me know that they were getting these distributions started. Um, and you know, because of um, the status of farm workers, they had to make these distributions very clandestine, very um, you know, changing locations every month, uh, very kind of word of mouth. Um, it would mostly be at houses or lots um, kind of had to be, you know, uh, on the DL. And Slightly so, Banksy-esque mm, okay. on the... <laughs> uh, uh, and it's frustrating, right? Like that the people who work to feed the nation mm-hmm. every day to hide in order to get food. That's, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so... Um striking when you say it just like that right because we're not saying that this is some like um like kind of possible situation that we're like maybe this is happening no you guys are here and like actual living proof to say in order for us to get essential um products to the most disenfranchised and the most needy groups in our nation, we literally have to go rogue in order mm-hmm. to do that is kind of what it sounds 
you know, it's exactly what it what is, it is yeah. right? <laughs> um, and I think that that just speaks so much to like a couple different things. Number one, like the kind of the status of the nation, right? Like, you know, I, there was a quote that I read one time from, and I'm sure I'm butchering it in some way, but it was, it spoke something to like, um, you know, to, to look at like the character of a nation, look at how it treats its most like vulnerable citizens. Right. Mm -hmm. And that'll like give you an idea of like the overall like health of the nation. So like, we're in really bad shape here, guys. Like, um, but it also just speaks to your guys's like willingness and like ganas to, for lack of a better term, because we all understand yeah. what that means to like actually go out and and be of service to this particular demographic of of our population. Um, and so, thank you, thank you so much for for doing that and for identifying that need. Um, and I think a lot of the times, like that's, um, it's it's hard. It's hard to look at something and to identify it. But that's kind of the easy part, right? The hard part is to actually do something about it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where so many people fall short. So again, thank you guys so much for actually doing something about it. So you're saying that the first um, distribution that you guys did was on May 8th. And now you guys are working towards your fourth distribution, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct. Yeah. Awesome. So there have been you guys four have been working and and hustling. <laughs> and I know that your next distribution date is August fourteenth. Um, but you um asked to receive donations by August fifth. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And why? And I, why is it that you guys stick to these kind of dates? Like, what's the idea behind that? Is there there's a rhyme and reason to it? Well, um, you know, just being in circles with Maria around womb health, we we talk a lot about the importance of paying attention to um, cycles in nature, the cycles within our own body. Mm. Um, and certainly, you know, um, the, the moon, le learning how just as the moon impacts um, and influences the waters in the ocean, right? The ebb and the flow in the ocean. So to it does the waters in our own body, the sacred water, the sacred blood in our body. Uh -huh. So, linking up being aware being conscious of the ways that we move in that in that harmonious way and and being in touch with our own cycles um helps us connect like womb to womb wisdom right like the deeper of awareness i have with my own cycles i can um understand like the cycles within my community and um and what's happening you know in nature around me so um, uh, so there's, there's a little bit of a cycle we follow. Well, the, the distributions are always on the second Friday of the month. Um, but we find so that the time of when we are, uh, doing the assembly happens around a full moon mm -hmm. and happens around when we are, um, yeah, it just feels like, like filling the bag, getting really full with all of the generosity, all of the gifts and donations that people, and really mostly women, are showing up to support this project. Um, it just feels like so much abundancia, like so much, you know, um, beautiful fullness. And then uh, the distribution tends to happen around the half, half moon. 
Um, and then as we cycle towards the new moon, we come together as a, as a collective to really like reflect, ground. We do our thank you letters, our thank you messages around the new moon, and then plant the seeds for the following cycle, you know, coming up with uh, the ways each distribution evolves and takes on um, a new element or, or re- refine it or yeah some something it's like a ritual i love it so you guys um do thank you notes to, to who who do you write thank you notes to to the people who have donated or to like inside the package and to las campesinas yeah we um you know this is really a grassroots effort it's mostly me maria our friend adriana a couple friends who are able to like support and show up where they can so we um are working on putting together a website. We want to create a monthly newsletter um, to, yes, be in touch with everyone who has donated um, or contributed in some way. Um, because I think what really, what at least what I'm witnessing is like this beautiful network of mostly womb carriers and, and, and people who are a lot of yeah midwives, doulas, community workers, um, people who are ready to stand in solidarity with women and farm worker women coming together because they just know why this work is essential. And they want to like stay in touch and, and you know, really, um, yeah, continue to build that network. Yeah, that's... I think Go ahead. for the I've been, we've been meaning to also write them a letter, but instead sometimes we do little like affirmations, but also... Mm-hmm. Working with the moon and making the medicines around the moon cycles as well uh, is helps us, you know, put in a lot of like good thoughts, good intentions, and yes. pray mm-hmm. for them so that it can just, you know, the energy of the bag can speak for itself and so they can feel it too. Because you know there is a language barrier; many do not write or speak Spanish. Um, we haven't um, officially. Ha- had a translator mm. thankfully most women would speak a little spanish but but we would love to do a lot more to show gratitude but we're just you know a few of us and and two two months ago i think or the for the second one we were able to do around 190 bags 190 oh, bags that's amazing yeah wow so, that is amazing that's awesome yeah, so so we went from, so, sorry, we went from 60 to 190. <laughs> um, and really, it was a result of, again, just um, putting the word out through our mm. social media, through the networks of midwives that Maria is connected to, um, showing up, you know, in just an amazing way. So it was really overwhelming and exciting just how we were able to yeah, basically more than almost triple our, our bag count uh, in one month. And have you guys been able to maintain that same level of productivity for the for the third distribution as well? Did you guys do around that same number? I think that but for last one, we had a smaller group. It was just Irene and I, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think at the end, I came for the distribution. Um so we, you know, I know, you know, I'm in my third trimester of pregnancy. Yeah. And oh, so yeah, pregnant. that also, I'm sure, has a huge bearing in productivity. Yeah, it's just Irene and I, and 
and we put 70 and we put 70 together and we made yeah we it was very like homemade sister and I which is like so special um but you know as the numbers and grow so what are you guys manifesting for this fourth one or hoping well it's been amazing because um I think that people are really um, inspired by the pregnancy bag. Mm-hmm. Been getting a lot more donations and um, also volunteers that want to help. Also, with the putting out the merchandise. Oh yes, yes, I, yes, I saw, saw that. that. <laughs> but before we move on to that, really quick, I just wanted to say I'm I'm reading a book currently. It's called um, "Woman Who Glows in the Dark," and it is like a book on curanderismo, and we love- um. I'm sorry. We love that book. Oh, yes. Um, visit our bookshop.org book list if you haven't already and buy it from the Salad Bites Media webpage and we get a little kickback on it. It's on um, the we'll A3 Book Commodities list. We'll, but we'll, we'll get, get that to, that. to the end. Anyway, in the book, it was talking about how like... Um, curanderismo is almost like a like she she refers to it as like the capirotada of like medicine right so it's like you know in a capirotada like you're supposed to use bolio but if you don't have that it's okay you can just use like regular pan y si no tienes pan de barra like está bien ponle unas tortillas and like you're supposed to use piloncillo but if you don't have that you can just use some you know some brown sugar y si no tienes eso you know so it's kind of like an improvisation right Um, yeah but she she talks about how you know the the importance of like good intentions and how that you know plays such a big role in it as well and um i feel um you know my grandmother was a curandera ella curaba de like si te si se te caía la mollera tu hijo or si tenías espanto or like you know mm. what i mean like things like that right Sure, I and I remember, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and I remember um, now my I, I lost my grandmother Sorry. when I was really young. I was probably I was like 12, 13 years old. And um, now that I think about it, and I wonder, like, where did she get that training from? Like, I wonder that wasn't something like in my family. And I asked my mom and my tias, like, you know, did you ever remember my grandmother? Like, you know what I mean? Like someone teaching her that or her speaking of that or something like that. And no one really has able been it been able to give me an answer and i think that my grandmother was a woman of a lot of faith and she just like would do things with such good intentions you know what i mean like she always like if you were sick the you know if you had a cold that's young caldo de pollo but she would put so much love and so much good intention and she would literally like pray over her caldo and be like you know throwing sal in there and being like you know pa que se cure julano de su you know whatever right and like que diosito me lo haga bien sabroso or you know no measuring cups either right? yeah exactly no measuring (laughs) cups but it literally her medicine was like the intention that she put behind making that food i'm making it with the intention to cure you Mm -hmm. you know with this you know tomates from my garden or you know whatever it is right and so like when you guys tell me and you know explain that you're you make this medicine with all of that intention you know and and to do it um following the cycle of the moon to you know to to practice the the act of reciprocity and and to give thanks and to be mindful of the ebb and flow i think that um even though um like you you mentioned there is a language barrier um i think that the intention is really what translates um and 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 breaks that Mm -hmm. that language barrier right because when someone um 
uses, drinks that tea or uses that pomada or, or reaches for that, you know, that pad that they didn't previously have, you know, access to or whatever, they're going to remember that like, hey, this person that I can't even communicate in the same language with cares enough to provide this for me. And mm-hmm. that intention, I think, is really what um, what stays with people, right? Um, that's mm-hmm. what has that profound uh, um, you know, effect and, and impression on people. Um, and, and to know that, like, again, like, um, this person doesn't know me from Adam. I can't even speak the same language as this person, but they care enough to show up for me. Um, yeah, and, and I think like that, that means like a lot. A gift away from home. Yeah. That's how I feel it. That's how I see it. And uh, again, they're just recently coming here, don't know what's going on, who the food again, you know. And then once they get this package, it's like, it's like with so much love, and they're like, oh my god, this can be like a tia, mom, a, a sister, you know, a family. And it's just so much more home welcoming here, you yeah, know. Yeah, it feels That's, like yeah. a hug. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like a big hug. That's what we all need, even if it's against COVID regulations, <laughs> right? And and you know what, a, a hug is like universal language, right? You can, amor. Yeah, you can hug someone, and you don't. You can be a completely different nationality, ethnicity, creed, gender, uh, you know, non-binary, yeah, like any different socioeconomic backgrounds or whatever. But like, in a means like a lot of things. Yeah. It's like one in a thousand words. Yeah. So I feel yeah, like you guys beautiful. are giving hugs in these really cool bags made by <laughs> Irene that you could pick up right now if you choose to so I, tell know, us I saw the about... shirt I want the sh- like the Viva La Mujeres that was tight yeah so go ahead Irene you made the art correct yes yeah I made it originally out of a, a lino block so it's just like a carved rubber stamp um okay. so yeah, we, we wanted to, again, with like putting a positive message for the women to receive. Um, so that's where we, we came up with Viva la Mujer. And then uh, some of the plantitas that are in the design are some of the herbs that we use traditionally in womb health. Like there's mugwort, pericón. Um, yeah, wanted to make sure that no, the... the, the with y- um, on them. <laughs> it's super cute. <laughs> 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 I'm hungry now. It took hours to stamp that first batch, and then now it's amazing to see that we we're working with a um, a friend up in Oakland called the Movement Inc. and they are printing all of our uh, merchandise for us. So um, thanks to our um, our compañera Adriana who made that connection with us, we said, "Well, you know, so many people are seeing the bags. They they're asking, are the bags available for sale?" Um, so that wasn't necessarily part of our our original plan but we thought well let's try it you know let's put some merch out there and see if people um, want to contribute and and also receive uh, some of the medicine that we are offering to, to Las Campesinas yes. um, and yeah it's been amazing so many people have been putting pre-orders in um, it's not too late by the way folks want to like, message you guys right now be so, like um, one for me please so you so you could get the Viva La Mujer logo essentially printed on what you can get the tote bag you can get the t-shirt what else are you guys offering yes so we have um, black tote bags we have t-shirts we also mm-hmm. have masks yes um, which are pretty cool since those are the moda right now right <laughs> the and new then norm. it would be a dope one Viva La Mujer like yes I'm into that <laughs> And we also 
have a, a bandana okay. and then there's the option of purchasing a kit which comes with uh, everything so the tote a shirt your choice of bandana or mask okay. and one of the pomada uh, also comes and what's the pomada um, for what that or the anti-inflammatory one you were saying right this i think this one that we're going to include in the bag will be the the womb care one that I have been making for a few years when I teach uh, sewing ceremony uh, workshops. I teach how to make this one. Mm. Which is very good for anything going on in the womb. It has castor oil. We know that castor oil, you know. Good for your stretch marks. For everything. <laughs> exactly. From deep hydration to... Um, you know, it's for inflammation. Also, it uh, makes your uterus uh, have contractions. Like we use it in lab- to induce labor. Oh. Also, to just cleanse the womb. Um, so as a the base castor oil. And, and la then, pomada is it just like strictly just for people that are like ladies that are pregnant or antes no, to get ready? For, it's for womb womb carrying. Oh, okay. Not, yeah. Non-pregnant. Okay. We're pregnant. We would not use these. Oh, okay. Because it induces contractions. You don't I, was, my, I don't have a kid. I don't know. Shoot. That's why I'm asking. Listen. Well, it's hard to... is essential, Frenchie. I'm <laughs> just kidding. The way they're not... I'm just kidding. But anyways, yeah, again, I'm asking as, questions. This is what we do as comadres. Regañadas. Pay attention. Yeah, but again, no question is a dumb question. So that's why this I need to know. True. Yes. Thank Again, you thank you, Maria and Irene, for letting me know. <laughs> Stop. Actually, so good that you brought that up because we have to say these things. So that's why, you know, for the pregnancy, <laughs> making them more, you know, how a lot of us get uh, stretch marks mm. or stretch to hydrate at the belly and also, um, yeah, just to nourish the belly. So we're doing um, cocoa butter, mm. coconut oil, shea butter, and some gentle herb, loving herbs such as like rose petals, calendulin, um, cam- chamomile, and lavender. Mm-hmm. But just briefly back to the, the womb salves, which really the womb salve and the postpartum salve could be similar, but I think I tend to make them a little stronger for the postpartum period because, you know, we we have our, our, our bleeding mm-hmm. um we give birth yeah, so it helps release cramping and also reduce um in the postpartum bags will also be uh including uh vaginal steam blending or blend um so yeah we just kind of i wish i would have uh, known about that after i had my daughter because i was um lucky enough to like learn and um i i encapsulated my placenta um huh? yeah and i was like so happy that i had learned about that and that i was able to do it because um i have like suffered from like anxiety and depression um pretty much my entire adult life and um and then it, i was like 29 when i had my daughter so just being you know a you know not as young maybe um and then also just having that um that history of depression and anxiety and learning that like this would that um encapsulating my placenta would help in like um leveling off like the hormones so that i wouldn't have like a huge dip in hormones one way or the other Mm -hmm. like you know postpartum um 
I just felt like I was so lucky. And then later, way after the fact, I learned about like um, peri steaming, vaginal steaming. And I was like, I wish I would have known that. Like <laughs> after I had had my baby, nobody ever told me about that, man. Like, um, But yeah, like they again, these things are like so important um, because they're not things that mm-hmm. we talk about in, in Western medicine. And if they are, they're things that are. Um, only accessible to like the extremely wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Like we think of home birth as being something for like very rich people, right? Yeah. Like at least that's how I see it. Like it's- I don't see it as I see it as well because I grew up in Western medicine a lot with my mom and stuff, and <laughs> she feels, doesn't feel too safe about it. But that's been like well, as I mean, if you guys would heard the podcast before, like of Sam is a mommy, I'm a, I'm a bonus mom, and I've been trying to conceive for the last two years, so. My mind is open to all these things. I do want to do like a home birth, a water birth, because, again, we have great friends that do home births and doulas and everything. And we're getting all this information. Well, I'm getting this, all this information before I get pregnant. I'm like, what do I need to do? You're lucky. Like, I'm, <laughs> no I'm scared. Me, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm scared, to be honest. Like, you know, of course, birth brings too many, you know, scary things to your head. That's just me. But I want to be a mommy. I want to, like, go through that whole give birth, hold the baby for nine months, you know, all that fun stuff You know, that I see my friends or I hear mommies after that go through and I see friends that miss their bellies. Like, I want that feeling. But now having all these girls teach me these things, you know, the vaginal steaming, the nada pomadas that I'm so interested about you guys. <laughs> and it's just so much more, I feel less pressure off, if, if that makes sense, you know? And then even though... um my husband and my, and I haven't been trying. We kind of just let, you know, the universe do its thing. You know, if it happens, it happens. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's very overwhelming because, you know, it's been two years and I'm still here trying and I nada. And I know people say, stop worrying about it. It's going to happen when it happens. I'm all like, girl, stop telling me that. <laughs> I've heard it one too many times too already. Too many times. <laughs> Yeah, but I just think it's so beautiful to to honor that um, in women, and also to honor again, you know, the 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 traditional ways in which um, we like our ancestors were brought mm-hmm. to this earth, right? Yeah. Like my grandmother gave birth to all of her eleven children at home with a partera. Like there was not like you know what I mean. Like it wasn't a doctor unless something went wrong, and luckily nothing ever did. So. Yeah, that just your grandma had eleven kids. Yeah, my grandmother gave birth to eleven yeah. children. My, my dad's mom had sixteen. 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 Como decía mi mom, no había televisión back then, okay? Dang. <laughs> yeah, over there in Mexico, yeah, dude, sixteen. Two of them didn't make that, it. What does that do to a woman's like? Everything? Are we made to like bear sixteen children? Like, Maria, is that possible? You have them. Obviously, it's possible because she did it. But, like, what type of wear and tear, I think, for lack of a better term, does that have on a woman's body to to bear 16 children? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a great question. But before I answer that, (laughs) how all these holistic ways and home birth have not been accessible to us here or even in Mexico because, you know, how we have made it a trend to, you know, like, have you heard of parto humanizado in Mexico? I've heard that, yeah. No, I haven't. What is that? 
Yeah, it's just basically white women or privileged women coming into to Mexico and, you know, making kind of like it happened here when midwifery, you know, was pushed out and the profession of obstetricians mm-hmm. arose like a hundred years ago or more. Um, so, yeah, like traditional midwifery being kind of like outlawed or, oh, now you need, you know, a diploma or an education to practice midwifery. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I love uh, campesinas because they come from, you know, basically the middle of nowhere where no one knows, you know, there's nowhere to go. So they give birth at home. So they come with this very vibrant, rich knowledge. And so to me, it makes sense to be able to one offer that. Um, And so really that's one of the, um, at least for me, one of my long-term goals and vision is to eventually have a little clinic slash birth center just for them so they can, you know, prepare or have a have prenatal care in a way that resonates with them more like traditional care mm-hmm. and also have a place away from the institution to give birth and also just women's uh, health yeah can all women come because i think that's just incredible for just mm-hmm. you know chicana women to have access to and latina women to have access to because that's not something that's yep. readily available like you know what i so, mean right do you now guys do right <laughs> like hey no actually you were talking about how you guys facilitate classes yeah. i'm like maybe we, we need could, you guys to come to salinas yeah, and to do, do something a Zoom over or something here. and i'll yeah. be awesome like <laughs> we've off the air we've got to talk and like connect <laughs> you guys with like building healthy communities and gorilla gardeners 831 and like you know all the different amazing organizations out here that offer um you know classes and workshops and things of that nature um you know, to the community. I think that's just so beautiful. I wanted to ask you guys too, like what, what is, what is the easiest and best way that we can like support you guys and what this do project? We need, what do you need from us? Yeah. How can we get involved? <laughs> like, do you need bodies and, and man hours? Do you need us to we'll order more t-shirts? You want. Like what is the best way to help you guys to to further your mission because the work that you're doing is so necessary. Really, we're very much about sustainability in every aspect from, you know, asking for cloth menstrual pads and cloth diapers. And some people have questioned that. They're like, oh, well, you know, how inconvenient to have to wash or do they even have access to clean water at work? But we were able to take for the second badge around 40 kits of um, cloth um, pads and they were gone before you even started distributing wow. the bags. They, we come from traditions of washing at the river and not using anything disposable, right? Mm-hmm. We're using everything. Um, so, so in terms of how can you help is like whatever way is best for you. Like you're helping us now by you know, spreading the word. Um, and really, like, what helps us most is what um, feels good to you, um, to, to people, like, how they feel. But in terms of what we need, um, everything is helpful. <laughs> we love um, actual goods, um, herbs. Um, money is really helpful, too, because, you know, we have... Um, yeah, we have like long-term visions to 
And it just allows us to um, also give that $20 in each bag. Okay. And that makes such a huge difference sometimes to people. I think that a lot of times they're like, oh, well, 20 bucks. But it's like 20 bucks is a lot. Yeah. When you're in in a situation where you have very little to nothing at all, Mm -hmm. like, you know, to some people, you're doubling their weekly you know pocket money or whatever it is you know what i mean it's an extra 20 bucks at the grocery store anything helps it's like shoot yeah and we know most people are you know using money to like for essentials for food for rent for like emergency you know so um and there's something about like the trust that someone feels and just Mm -hmm. getting cash and and that sense of like you know that there's they're not going to be questioned about how they're using it or or there's no strings attached it's just you know here this is how how you need exactly and i just wanted to let people know for those of you who do want to help and support by buying um merch um the when do the pre-orders close for for merch so they may be closed already by the time this comes out, but oh, okay. I, I this may, may this, this is our first pilot run of doing this. Um, so it's very likely that we'll do another round of merchandise, and most likely we'll end up getting you know a few extras um, of everything. So it's likely you know we'll be able to put out another call for for purchasing. Okay. Um, but yeah, it would be coming up this Saturday is our pre-order close date. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. So I think. Right. The- so I just want to put it out there, though, for um, Engrado Caso that you do get lucky, and they have <laughs> a couple extras of things. The T-shirts are twenty five dollars. The tote bags are twenty five dollars. The mm-hmm. bandana is twelve bucks, and the mask is ten dollars. So there is something in there for every price point. Skip your coffee for two days, buy a mask, it goes to a good cause. Or you can do the kit, which is the t-shirt, the tote bag, and then choose of either bandana or mask and then plus the pomada, and that 60 is $60. Bucks. Is that yeah. um, local pickup in Watsonville, Santa Cruz area, I'm and assuming? Can you, like, mail it? <laughs> I mean, I don't mind the yeah. drive. <laughs> yeah, most likely for folks in Santa Cruz and uh, Watsonville, we'll do, like, a drop-off or pickup situation, mm-hmm. um, but we can do shipping as well. We just ask folks to add a couple dollars for for shipping costs that's helpful okay, cool. cool yeah awesome and then can you shout out the um i know you guys have like a paypal and a venmo i believe or is it a cash app or yeah um, right now we're primarily um using uh venmo and paypal um so the the paypal is our email so it's campesinexwombcare at okay. gmail.com. So that's and... C-A-M-P-E-S-I-N-X-W-O-M-B-C-A-R-E at gmail.com. Yes. And that is also the name of our Instagram account. Um, so a lot of information can be found there. Same thing, campesinexwombcare on Instagram for all the okay. more details. And also, that would be um, the Instagram. That would be the place to go if you're looking to get involved and, you know, support in regards to, like, man hours or um, to give you guys physical donations of things, correct? 
Yes, correct. And then I know that um, in one of the Instagram posts, you guys did ask for like baby items and um, reusable um, diapers. Um, you guys are asking for all new items, correct? No. No. Uh, okay. okay. So gently use, please, folks. <laughs> and we own for diapers. There are people doing donations for disposable. So we are only doing cloth diapers. Not oh, okay. Disposable. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I know someone that actually is starting to make cloth diapers. Yeah. Ooh, I can talk to. Ooh. Yeah. Reach out. I see okay. a collaboration in the future here, Frenchie. You gotta <laughs> connect our mujeres here. Yeah. Like, whoa. That's cool, though. Um, that's actually another way that people can contribute. Um, you know, if people uh, are part of a sewing circle or want to form a sewing circle mm. and um feel called uh there is an organization called days for girls which you can order a kit of fabric and um the pattern for how to make cloth pads and you can sew cloth pads for for the campesinas and and oh, do it month, the other month um that is also another way to to contribute and maybe have some comadre time in the yes. process. Yeah, I was just going to say that instead of, you know, getting together, we could be like, you know what? I will provide the wine and everyone come over and sew some pads. After Maria has her baby. <laughs> right? <laughs> Everything. That would be awesome. We'll get That's some juice. Like... <laughs> no, but I think just, you know, there's so many ways that we can, we can give back, right? Yeah. And, you know, some stuff is some ways of giving back cost zero dollars. And I really love mm -hmm. the way that, that you said that, um, of, you know, contribute in whatever way feels good to you. And whether that be a repost or just saying, Hey, compadre, I said, what, what are you going to do with, you know, little Miguelitos extra things? You should consider donating them mm -hmm. to, you know, this project or whatever, right? Something as simple as that is a contribution. And then obviously, you know, all the monetary ones are nice and, you know, the physical supplies that you guys get, but there's so many different ways. And I think so many times um, we think like, Oh, how can, I help and we pigeonhole ourselves mm -hmm. into, you know, like, oh, no, I don't what I, I have such limited resources myself. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, hey, your time is valuable. Mm -hmm. You know, your your network of friends is valuable. Your your social media, you know, is has value to that. Right. So we we can all contribute. And I think it's, you know, cada quien poniendo su granito de arena yeah. that really helps to make these projects, specifically the projects like this one, like the Campesina Womb Care Project, yeah. um, successful, right? Because like you're saying, it's such a grassroots um, organization, such a grassroots project. Um, and and again, I, I, I know I've said it maybe three or four times, but it's just so necessary, guys. Like, this is just essential care. These are not mm. luxuries nope. by any means. These are essential needs for women mm -hmm. during a very, very difficult time for this particular group of women mm -hmm. right now. So, again, a million times over, thank you so much for your work um, and not just amazing. this project, but, you know, all the yes. work that you guys have done previous to this that kind of that I feel like this is the culmination of all the work that you guys have been doing for for years and years and years. And it's this is kind of the, the epicenter of all of that kind of coming full circle and for you guys. So. Yes. Thank you. And, but, but before we end this, we do have a little, 
you know, we started making a tradition now at the end of the show where we kind of ask, where are your regalos y cargas, you know? Yes. And also... (laughs) Oh, yeah, we started now. Well, before we do the regalos y cargas, I wanted to ask, what are the books that you ladies are reading currently? Because we did start our Mm bookshop.org, Everyone Comadres reading list. Um, So we are now... We're interested in what you guys are reading or what's next on your list. Okay. Hi. This is Maria. (laughs) So right now, because I have a toddler and it's so hard to sit to read, I'm mostly on Audible. Okay. Um, So there's a limited amount of books I can find there. Um, But I'm reading this one book called um, Awakening to the Spirit World. Ooh, I love that. Just a title mm-hmm. alone. Has Just got like me. I love who, that. <laughs> yeah, who's the author? <laughs> um, Sandra Ingerman and Hank West Wesselman. Just as I prepare, you know, for my birth ceremony, upcoming birth ceremony in the next few weeks, I, um, you know, this will be my third birth, second home birth. Um, okay. Third and I just really want to prepare in such a way where I'm being really connected to myself, my spirit, my daughter in my womb, and all all my helping spirits that seem, seem to be showing up more presently with this pregnancy. Um, completely unplanned. Um, it's been very special to experience one last pregnancy and what time, you know, it, I... Sometimes I, I cry or I laugh about um, this uh, baby girl decided to come join. And she um, her due date is actually my 40th birthday. Oh, <laughs> so wow. Okay, okay. Um, so it's been such an intense pregnancy. And, and, and this book it has been incredible because it does. Um, you know, talk about the spirit world. So, yes, I think you would really like it. Yes, we will have to check it out. And for you, Irene, what are you currently reading or what is on your, like, list of, that sounds cool, I might check that out <laughs> Book <soon."> list. <laughs> um, well, definitely, definitely loved Woman Who Glows in the Dark. Really mm. on my top ten. Um, I'm going to mention two books. Uh, one book... Um, Maria let me borrow years ago and it really just even reading a few passages helped open up so much information for me um, and, and, and power was uh, Red Medicine by Patricia Gonzalez. Okay. Yeah. The full, I love the title already. Yeah. Red Medicine, Traditional Indigenous Rites of Birthing and Healing. Ooh. That's one. And then right now I'm reading Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo by Erika Buenaflor. Oh, yes. I've mm-hmm. seen that. That is on my list of like books to buy <laughs> when I see them in the wild because I have this thing about like group economics and I really love to go and support local like independent bookstores mm-hmm. and presses and um, things awesome, like that. Though. So that's like on my radar. Um, yeah. From like a little bit more of an ap- academic perspective, but mm-hmm. she does offer a lot of history um, and help kind of trace like how this um, a lot of this knowledge was changed or passed down or um, like how we can um, kind of put together the the things that have been lost, you know, through mm-hmm. colonization. 
I can't remember the name of the book, but I purchased it at um, Tia Chuches in um, the San Fernando Valley. Are you familiar with them, Irene? They're, yeah, yeah. right around the corner. <laughs> oh, sorry? Way. I live right around the corner, and that that is a, oh. you know. I'm, okay, so okay. you're really familiar with it. <laughs> I love Luis Rodriguez and his cultural center and all the work that they do there, but... Um, and February, pre-COVID, I, I had to um, run down to Southern California and take care of my dad for a little bit. And he went through um, a medical procedure. And on my way home, I stopped in really quick. Um, and I picked up this book. And, and again, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I picked it up for um, my my good friend, Eva, um, who is a doula. And um, it was basically talking about like indigenous practices and how um, like how Western medicine kind of like took it over and like all the people who write the books now and like. Um, and get credit for a lot of these types of practices are like um, privileged white persons, mm -hmm. you know, essentially because they have like the PhDs and the medical, you know what I mean, like degrees and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they come in and like learn these traditions and then write these books as if it's like they oh, just some huge like discovery, right? Like when, they found the light. Yeah. When in reality, <laughs> oh, it's. You know, it's like indigenous women who have been practicing these ancient traditions and ways of medicine for hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. So this book is basically taking back the power. And it's um, at um, Dia Chuches, they would facilitate these classes that were taught by indigenous women. And I think one of them was like an RN. Um, but it, it was basically all of her research um, and what she was presenting in the book was based off of the teachings of indigenous women mm. who didn't necessarily have like the academic background for it. Um, but there she's like, but this is where I learned it. Like these women need to get the credit for it and they are my teachers um, and I'm setting the foundation for them to be like, these are the women who get credit, you know, That's and this cool. is these are this is how they learned it and where they learned it from. You're going to so remember the like, book title till after the show. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to find <laughs> it and then I'm going to text it to you at like 11 o'clock tonight. Ian, I, found it. <laughs> I remembered. I do this all the time. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yes. But thank you so much for sharing that. We do end our episodes with um, regalos y, y cargas. cargas. Yes. Are you guys familiar with that or like your Rose and Thorn? I'm sure. Um, we'll see. Ya. Yeah. Um, well, luckily I listened to the previous episode. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving us another download. <laughs> do you guys want to start it out between you two or, I mean, yeah, let's have the guests do it today. Like yeah. we always, we started last time, so let's, <laughs> let's take turns. <laughs> so, Irene, do you want to start with your carga or regalo, whichever comes first, whichever you like? Okay. Well, I'm going to go with regalo first. Okay. Um, season and I'm um, honored and blessed to be part of a blessing ceremony that we're going to be having for Maria and baby next weekend mm, beautiful um, in the river with muchas flores and um, I have the honor um, as comadre to, to plan that and put it together you're making and me then... cry <laughs> so beautiful <laughs> So we're like legit over here tearing up in the studio it's, because oh my God, like, really like that that who girl yes okay keep going I'm, we're sorry, sorry. <laughs> um 
Um, well, me too. Me too. I, it's a blessing to receive um, a new life, a new family member in this way. Um, so I'm feeling good. And it's also, I have so many Leos in my life. Um, mm. Like a, a lot of, you know, um, despite the circumstances, a lot of the time for celebration and fullness and creativity. Uh, so I'm feeling really uh, excited for this time. My cargo. <laughs> I mean, it's it definitely. When I think of cargo, I think of like responsibility, right, or something mm-hmm. to hold a, a weight, and just trying to keep my ear to the ground on many front lines that are happening um, here and and across the globe. Just um, trying to get a fuller picture of like the direct action that needs to be happening. Um, I consider our project to be a form of direct action, grassroots yeah. direct action. Um, but I'm also thinking of, you know, my friends uh, who are stopping pipelines, who are trying to stop yes. the border wall. Um, and I think for me feeling just uh, like, like I want to go and be on these front lines. Like I want to put my physical body on the line and also feeling challenged by like, the reality that the numbers of COVID cases are skyrocketing in our county and Mm -hmm. and across California and and, um, just like how to show up for movement in a safe way um, to also, you know, protect um, my loved ones. And so, yeah, just trying to navigate this wild time that we're in. Very wild. The new norm. (laughs) Right. But yeah, so that's my that's beautiful. And for you, Maria, I, I, oh. I might be able to guess what your regalo is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky guess. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll start with I got a guess. Okay. Um, for me, this year and this work and this pregnancy has been all about the shadow work or all the... Mm all the things that can get in the way of us standing in our power. Um, and so just, you know, facing the self, the constantly growing self and always um, being very mindful and considerate, you know, in my doing things in a, in a good way and um, also worrying about, you know, not being able to reach more campesinas, campesinos, um, and so there's been a lot of grief um, in um, a lot of grief in, in the whole, you know, disparities of all the, um, you know, we've always known how underserved and invisible campesinos are, but to like see it brightly, right? There's a, a bright light being shining on, mm-hmm. on the situation. It's like, ah, oh, it's very painful. Um, so my regalo is to be able to do something about it in the way that feels the best to me, in a way that is not connected to my job, to any institution or any authority figure. It's coming from heart or the womb heart, you know, heart to heart, womb to womb, and all the blessings that um, engaging in this work is bringing, bringing me and my comadre closer together, but also all the women, you know, and also this last round, um, more white women are wanting to support, which is new this round. That's um, cool, though. Yeah, we have um, 
yeah, we have a lot of um, a wider, we're reaching a wider circle of women, and it's been such a regalo. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really cool. How about you guys? Yeah. <laughs> you go, Sam. I'll go next. You go. Let's see. <laughs> My carga. Um, I, I, I got news today that um, an extended family member passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. An old, you know, um, she was older and um, complications from COVID. So it makes it all very real. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has been something that was, you know, weighing heavy on me, apart from some other personal issues that I've got going on and life just in general. So that was like a huge um morale kind of killer for me um and that just happened today earlier today that i um found out that news so yeah so we'll have a funeral and all that um you know to help to plan and 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 go through but yeah um i also you know my my regalo is just you know being so inspired, you know, because I, again, you know, things are, are so cyclical, right? And, um, and you know, the end of one thing, but, you know, the beginning of another thing and, you know, and, and I'm so, um, I'm so, I'm so called to hold space right now for myself and for other women. And I get so inspired to be able to talk to women like you, Irene and, and Maria, who are doing this work and, and um, just, you know, Irene, with the way that you talk about, you know, um, holding space for your comadre Maria and for this this new, you know, mujer, another another womb carrier that's going to be brought, you know, into this world very mm-hmm. soon here. Um, I think it's so special. And, um, you know, I, I belong to a lot of other uh, several grassroots organizations that do a lot of work um, on the front lines and, you know, actions and things like that with, you know, with defunding the police and mm-hmm. with actions for Vanessa Guillen and for, for Sean and candlelight visuals and, and, you know, um, you know, ice, you know, things against ice and, and, and defending DACA and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and it takes such a toll on it, but when I see women holding space, um, and talking about one another and honoring one another, the way that I hear you women do that just as comadres, you know, um it really inspires me and it really makes me feel a sense of hope that like the world isn't such a shit show after all because <laughs> there's so much going on you know and it's so easy when we know these things to get caught up in like you know the the the, the heaviness of it all you know and to stop for a second and just you know I don't even have to go so far this is something that I love to do is you know to to be a part of this podcast and to interview people who have inspiring stories and things to tell and and again just to hear the way that you you two women are holding space for each other and for other women is just so incredibly inspiring to Mm -hmm. me. And I'm so moved by that. And I want to do the same thing for all of the women in my circle. Um, and, and thank you because it's, you guys are part of, of the resistance, you know, um, 
part of the revolution mm-hmm. is is living and living authentically and being true to yourself. And you two women are very much examples of that. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for uplifting and amplifying the work. Yeah. So my turn. <laughs> my turn. <laughs> Um, I'll start with Gargas. I always like starting with bad first and yeah, ending with good bad news first. <laughs> um, I think right now I'm, you know, Portland. That's where my Gargas at right now. Um, it's, I believe it's day 62 of, you know, Black Lives Matter and they're still going strong. And today I saw a video um, where veterans were, were having a wall protecting the the wall of the moms. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. And that to me touched me like like I cry over everything, to be honest with you. But seeing that um, I I held it very it it got close to my heart really much, you know, hit home because my husband's a veteran. So him talking about these situations makes him mad. And, you know, he has his own issues going on with PTSD and seeing, you know, the video of these mom or these veterans, you know, protecting the moms and the moms protecting the protesters. It's just like, damn, like we need act- like these are what you call civilians now that are doing the job where people we sh- it shouldn't have been done like this in the first place. You know, yeah. sad. But hey, shout out to Portland. Um, You guys have my support 100 percent. If I was in Portland right now, I'll be out there, too. Like I see the way they're handling like gases you know where they're being thrown at and you know and a mom yelling like you know just with so much hurt and so much like it's just oh you know i feel for you like and i'm sorry and you guys have our support here in california you have my support here in california like you know you guys are going strong continue being strong um and my regalos um i've been manifesting hella hard <laughs> hella <laughs> hard and you know what the the universe has been on my side since day one and i've you know um i, I don't know how to explain this but you know what again the universe has beautiful ways of showing you that they're here and they're they're it's supporting you in some ways giving you signs and i've never seen those signs till now you know i i've been doing a lot of more meditation and I've been asking my ancestors, like, help me, tell me what to do, show me what I need to do. Like, if I don't see a sign, make me hit my toe, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, por favor, like, just show me. And then, um, and every time when I see something or I notice something, I always see a white butterfly. And if you guys heard, or if you know, again, like Sam, you know, a white butterfly to me represents my grandmother who is was and is my best friend um she was my everything she is my everything and she's been through a lot with me she always hears my prayers that's my angel (laughs) like she hears me every day like otra vez you know but um it's just i i'm so happy right now how things are turning out in my life and you know little by little it's everything happens for a reason and i'm very blessed right now where i'm at with my life and I'm just really happy. And it's been a long time since I can say those words. I'm happy. So, um, again, especially during these times. Yeah. COVID has been honestly a shitty time for some. And, but now it's like, I have time to see and, and know I, 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 I write in my journal 
And that's so cool to write in my journal. Like I'm so happy. I'll see like a little kid and I, I put my, my, my manifestations in a journal or my mantras or whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to repeat this all freaking day, you know? And And it's important to like say them out loud because you're like speaking, but then also to write them down because you're spelling. Exactly. Everything. I'm putting a spell like, like, you know, if you guys heard, I call myself a little brujita. So (laughs) I'm still learning the ways. I'm like so excited. But anyways, that's another story. (laughs) But um, again, thank you guys for being on the show. It's amazing work that you guys are doing. Um, it's so cool. Like I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna message like one of you girls. Like, hey, what can I do? Where? What can I do next? What should I eat? What do I need to do? What do I put on my womb? You know, masamor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I got this. <laughs> what else? <laughs> but yeah. it's beyond amazing. Thank you. And the work that you guys are doing for nuestras campesinas out there, like hustling every day, waking up at four o'clock in the morning, kneeling, being with pesticides, bending over. Do- <laughs> That's thank you because. Again, from my grandma's point of view, I see it and I thank you for I'm I'm thinking for her también, you know, because again, it's it's I've been saying this all like the whole show. It's again, beyond amazing. It's one. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's definitely an act of love, but it's definitely a revolutionary act mm-hmm. of love. So Puro amor. <laughs> it really like a pleasure and honor to do. Thank you so, so much for being on with us. And the revolution will not be televised, ladies and gentlemen, but you can tune in to 831 Comadres on Apple, (laughs) Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you hear podcasts. Again, thank you so much to our guests, Irene and Maria from the Campesina Womb Care Project. And we will catch you all next week. Gracias, mi gente. Adios. Ciao.